0: Amen. If you will open up your copy of God's Word, we're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 18. We have now rolled over into the next chapter, still walking through the life of Elijah. And this week we are talking about carrying the message, carrying the message. And every one of us has a responsibility to carry the message of Jesus Christ. Now, these guys are carrying the message of different types of messages. But we have one message that is vitally important for us to carry, and that is Christ came from His heavenly throne, lived a life without sin, died on the cross in our place without sin, rose again, and He's coming again. That's the message we are to carry. Now, we carry tons of messages with us every day. You know, we text a lot of messages every day. We email messages every day. We call with a message every day, but none so important as that of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, as we walk through this today, there is a message the Lord has given Elijah to carry, and it is the drought is about to end. And I want to tell you this today, in your spiritual life, your drought can end today. And you can have life, you can have a fountain flowing within you that will never run dry if you will submit yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Your drought, your spiritual drought can end today. Now I want to tell you there is a message to be carried. And today there are three points that we're looking at. We carry the message without hesitation. We carry the message without hesitation. God has called us as we walk through in January. We walk through the missional disciple. And we talked about the great commission. That is the, the message to carry. We carry the message of the gospel, we go therefore, and we make disciples of all nations. We baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever the Lord has commanded us. And you know what? He's going to be with us until the end of the age. Amen. I know that's Blake's version a little bit of the the Great Commission, but that's what he says. And that's the message we are to carry. Now, Elijah carries this message without hesitation. There is also the effort of carrying the message regardless of man's problems. There's a lot of issues going on in life today. There's a lot of issues going on in the time. Then, we'll address those when we get there. But we carry the message regardless of man's issues or problems. And then we carry the message with integrity. We carry the message with integrity. We need to have integrity in our lives for our message to be well received. Because if we live a life that's questionable, people are going to question our message. So we carry the message with integrity so people can't question our message. Today we're looking in 1 Kings 18, 1 through 19. This is a lot of scripture to read. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read it as I get to my point. So my first point is verses 1 and the first part of verse 2. It's very short. Very short the, the shortest part of the attire. Sermon. So, if you have your copy of God's Word, I'm going to read verse 1 and the first half of verse 2. It reads like this, And it came to pass, after many days, that the word of the Lord came to Elijah. In the third year, go present yourself to Ahab, I will send rain on the earth. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. We're going to stop right there. We're to carry the message without hesitation. The first line is very similar from the first line, from the first line of verse 17. After these things, we go back up into chapter 17, verse 17. It says, "Now after, um, now it happened after these things, and then verse one of chapter 18, and it came to pass after many days." We can go back and see where Elijah moves by the word of the Lord. In verse 2 of chapter 17, the word of the Lord comes to Elijah and tells him to get away and go to the brook Cherith. In verse 8 of chapter 17, the word of the Lord comes to Elijah It says, Arise, go to Zarephath. And then there in verse 1 of chapter 18, we read the word of the Lord telling Elijah to go and present himself to Ahab. All three of these places are very important. All three of these places are very important as we walk through this account with Elijah. But I want you to know that we are to move by the Word of the Lord. We we move by the Word of the Lord. We are to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And Elijah has submitted himself to God's Lordship and went where he was told and stayed when he was told to stay. Notice there in verse 3 of chapter 17, he says to hide by the brook Cherith. Notice in verse 9 of chapter 17, he tells him to dwell there in Zarephath. The Lord has a place for us. The Lord has a place for us, and that place is for as long as He desires for us and as short as He desires for us. The brook was for three months, while the time with the widow at Zarephath was for almost three years. The Lord has a place for us. Where you are should be because of your listening to the Lord. Many of you are here today. You're at this church because you felt like the Lord led you to serve here in New Prospect Baptist Church. To place your membership here in New Prospect Baptist Church. You listen to the Lord. How long you stay should be because of your listening to the Lord. And when you're to leave. It should be because of your listening to the Lord. I've had people tell me, Brother Blake, I want to join your church. I'm going to join your church. Matter of fact, I had that conversation this week. Looking forward to that today. I've had people come and sit down with me in my office and say, Brother Blake, we feel like the Lord's leading us to go somewhere else. Amen. Amen. You know, who am I to say where the Lord should tell you to stay, where to dwell and where to go? I'm receiving what you say by the fact that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And who am I to thwart the plans of the Lord? If it is for you to be here, be here. It is If it's for you to stay here, stay here. If it is for you to go, go. I'm not God. And I'll never pretend to be. And Elijah never pretends to be. He lives his life submitted to the Lordship of God. And when he says go go to the brook Cherith. When he says go to Zarephath, he goes to Zarephath. And when God says go to Ahab, what does Elijah do? He gets up and he goes to Ahab. We must be willing to heed the leading of the Lord. Whether it is to go, to stay, we should heed the leading of the Lord. Elijah leaves this widow and her son. That's where we were last week. You know, the the, Two weeks ago, we talked about how when Elijah went to Zarephath, he found the widow gathering sticks, preparing to eat her last meal and die. Well, then the Lord supplies the cake. Man, they lived for many a days, she and he and her household. And then sometime after that, it says that her son fell ill. He fell so ill he died, the breath left out of him. And so here's Elijah in this household. He's building relationships. He's been living with this widow and her son for some time. Almost three years he lives with her. And the word of the Lord comes to them after almost three years. It says, Elijah, get up. Go, present yourself to Ahab, for I am about to end this drought. It, sometimes it's hard when God calls us to leave, whether it to be to leave a home. You know, maybe you're moving from one location to another whether it be in the same town or a different state or whatever it may be god calls you to leave you got to follow but when you leave you leave you might leave home you might leave town you might leave a workplace you might leave workplace friendships and other friendships sometimes you may even have to leave a church that you've loved for a long time because the lord's leading you to go we should leave in the mindset and i thought this was good i'm going to say it probably twice we should leave in the mindset of this is the lord's will for my life And by following it, all will be better off because of my submission to the Lord's will. Listen to that for just a moment. It's hard to accept sometimes. This is the Lord's will for my life. And by following it, all will be better off because of my submission to the Lord's will. If God's calling me to leave a workplace to go to another and I am in a good, intimate relationship with the Lord, and I know this is His will. Everybody will be better for that. The work, the people I'm leaving behind, and the people I'm joining. A church, if God says, You've done your work here, you've served here, you've done what the Lord's called you to do here, I want you to go here. There's a ministry for you at this church. Listen, it may be hard. You've made those connections, but the Lord says, That's okay. All will be better off. If we follow the Lord's will. And Elijah does that. We obey without hesitation, which leads to leaving without hesitation with a message to carry without hesitation. Elijah got up and went. He didn't hesitate. I'm sure he said his goodbyes. I'm sure he didn't just get up out of bed, slip out, and not say a word to that widow and that widow's son. Whom they had went through life and death with, literally. I'm sure he said his goodbyes, but I'm sure she understood from the time that he had been with her that this was, if this is the word of the Lord to come to him, listen, we're all gonna be better for it. We've got to carry the message without hesitation. Secondly, when we look at this text there in verse, the latter part of verse 2 on to verse 16, now this is a big chunk of text right here. I'm going to read it to you. Verse 2, the latter part says, And there was a severe famine in Samaria. Now we know this. The drought's been going on for three years. You can only imagine how that would affect a culture whose so much of their merchandise, their their trade was based upon their their goods. And it says, There was a severe famine in Samaria. And Ahab, who was king... The puppet to Jezebel had called Obadiah, who was in charge of his house. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. Remember this, this is important. For so it was, while Jezebel massacred the prophets of the Lord, that Obadiah had taken one hundred prophets and hidden them fifty to a cave and had fed them with bread and water. And Ahab had said to Obadiah, go into the land of to all the springs of water and to all the brooks. Perhaps we may find that we will not have to kill any livestock. So they divided the land between them to explore it. Ahab went one way by himself and Obadiah went another way by himself. Now this is a big statement. Now I'm not going to preach on this point right here, but it's pretty interesting that the king himself would be willing to go out and separate from Obadiah who was the caretaker of all of his stuff and he would go by himself to look for water and grass for livestock but yet he's letting his people starve anyway, let's keep let's keep going now verse 7 now as obadiah was on his way suddenly elijah met him and obadiah recognized him and he fell on his face and said is that you my lord elijah and elijah answered and said it is i Go tell your master, Elijah is here. The King James Version says, Behold, Elijah. You go tell your master, Behold, Elijah. Verse 9. Obadiah says, So he said, Have I sinned that you are delivering your servant into the hand of Ahab to kill me? As the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my master has not sent someone to hunt for you. And when they said he is not here, he took an oath from the kingdom or nation that they could not find you. So in other words, it says that he had told that kingdom of the nation, you go look for Elijah, I want him now. And when they said they didn't find him, they said, you better sign on a piece of paper. You better sign on a piece of paper. Took an oath from the kingdom of nation that they could not find you. And now you say, go tell your master Elijah is here. And it shall come to pass as soon as I have gone from you that the Spirit of the Lord will carry you to a place I do not know. So when I go and tell Ahab and he cannot find you, he will kill me. But I, your servant, have feared the Lord from my youth. Remember that. Was it not reported to my Lord what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord? How I hid 100 men of the Lord's prophets, 50 to a cave, and fed them with bread and water? And now you say, Go tell your master Elijah is here. He will kill me! Then Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts lives, before whom I stand, I will surely present myself to him today. So Obadiah, went to meet Ahab and told him. And Ahab went to meet Elijah. So we carry the message regardless of man's problems. There's a lot of problems going on. There's a severe famine that is going on. There is a physical drought in the land. Animals are not being fed. People are going hungry. They're out searching. Obadiah had a lot of trust. I mean, not Obadiah, but Ahab had a lot of trust you know, I guess he just figured the people of his kingdom would go out and find it as they need it. Water and food and everything else. But, you know, the livestock were dumb animals. They can't go search it for themselves. Somebody else may take their livestock. So he goes out and he starts to look. And he says, Obadiah, you go this way. I'll go that way. And, and you know, let's just find it. When you find it, come back and tell me. We're going to take all of our livestock out there. We've got to take care of them because we've got to take care of ourselves. The king's going to take care of himself, right? He's not really worried about them other folks. But I... I He's, he's to the extent that I'm going to go out myself all alone and look for it. He goes out. There's a physical severe drought, a famine in Samaria. The drought was severe. It had led to many of the nation's people and livestock passing away. Can you imagine the walk, that Elijah, the, the walk that Elijah took must have brought him past many of the scenes that evidenced the drought on the land and the people? The stench of death. Animals out in fields, dead because the grass was withered. There's no water to to keep it healthy. He's walking past all this. The stench of death was all around as he traversed the land, preparing for his interaction with the king who wanted to find him and treacherously deal with him. God's told him. He said, all right, I've taken you. I've taken you down here to the brook Cherith, which means to cut away. I've taken you. To Zarephath, which means to smelt or burn away. And now I'm taking you to Ahab, who very well could take your life away. But God says, I'm with you. I'm with you. Don't don't fear. Nowhere in there do you hear where Elijah feared. I don't see where Elijah feared in any place. Upon Elijah taking up this call to go, we find Ahab and Elijah also beginning a walk. But theirs is not a search for a king, but rather a search for a spring. They needed desperately to find water and grass for the livestock of the king's stable. So we've got a physical drought on the land. A second thing that we see about man's problems, they were dealing with a tyrannical leader in the government. And we may think that's Ahab, but I want to tell you something. Ahab ain't nothing but a puppet for the front of the power, which was Jezebel. Jezebel was the tyrannical leader. The thing is, if Ahab had any backbone or spine, he wouldn't be doing these things. And the drought wouldn't be on the land because he would have, he, number one, he wouldn't have married Jezebel. If you go back, he wouldn't have married Jezebel. He wouldn't have built the temple in Samaria to Baal. And then he wouldn't have himself went and worshiped the, the, the Baals in the temple in Samaria. And then he wouldn't have built the Esherah. Remember, those are the four things I told you that God held against him in the beginning. If he had a backbone, if he was truly the king, Things would have been a lot different for the nation of Israel. But the problem was he didn't have a backbone. And he let his wife dictate to him from her polytheistic beliefs what should be done. And Jezebel's telling him all these things, leading him out here. And we see at least he's got somewhat of a heart. He's cared for the livestock. He ain't got much of one, but at least he cares for the livestock. But he's out here searching around, and, and he is having to submit to her as the tyrannical leader in the government, you know, without going too much into, into detail, we, we deal with stuff like that in our nation today, don't we? We deal with, with, with uh, difficulties in our land. I mean, I don't know about you. If you filled up your gas tank lately, that's pretty challenging. I know there ain't a drought on, on gas, but yet nonetheless, it's expensive. You've got, we've got leadership in government that does not fear the Lord that has bent their knee and and bowed down to every uh, unholy God there is, false God there is, except for the one true God, because if they did, it'd be different. Here's Ahab, very much the same thing. You know, Claims to be uh, from God, but yet doesn't follow anything from God. Not to be just, you know, I'm not trying to be all political or nothing like that, but we've got a president who claims Catholicism, but yet does not believe that, that life is important. And if our brothers and sisters in the Catholic Church, if, boy, I'm telling you, if there's anybody who holds to the value of life, it's them. There's an absence of a spiritual leader in the nation. If you look around our nation today, there's not a Billy Graham today. You know, at one point our nation had somebody to look to. You know, people thought Rick Warren, but if you watch anything they do in their church, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call him that either. You know, we really don't have a a, I mean, like, we don't really have a devout national spiritual leader and not that anybody just bowed down to Billy Graham or nothing like that you know what I mean I don't want to put him on some grander pedestal than he deserves but man he was an awesome man of God right he had a lot of influence you know we've had many of those throughout throughout our nation's history but there wasn't a spiritual leader they didn't have one there Elijah was out in hiding although he was a spiritual leader but he didn't really have a whole lot of input into the nation itself Obadiah was in hiding. Now, we can say a lot about Obadiah, which I would like to introduce you to him at this point. Here is Obadiah. Let us look at who he was and what he did while as an administrator of the royal palace and supervisor of the king's possessions. Obadiah was in charge of Ahab's house. He was in charge of Ahab's house. Obadiah feared the Lord. If you look there in verse... 3 beginning in verse 3 and then into verse 4 it says Obadiah feared the Lord greatly for so it was while Jezebel massacred the prophets of the Lord and who's king? Ahab not doing anything lazy spineless that Obadiah had taken 100 prophets and hidden them 50 to a cave and had fed them with bread and water you know that's a big deal you ever try to feed 50 people? secretively? No, you haven't. No, you haven't. None of us have. But he fed two groups of 50 people secretively while in leadership under a queen who was killing the other prophets. You want to talk about fearing the Lord greatly, that's that's, that's pretty amazing. Courageous, bold. We need people like that today. We need some Obadiahs to rise up in our nation today. We need some Obadiahs to rise up in our nation today. I do believe we have some good Christian people that do serve in, in government places. I do believe that. I don't think we're completely bankrupt. If we were, we'd be in a whole lot worse place. But we're grateful for those that do serve and still continue to impress upon our national leaders, our state leaders, uh, godly characteristics. I'm grateful for that. Not everybody who runs as a politician is a snake in the grass, is, is what Ahab calls <laughs> Elijah here in a minute. We have many that still love the Lord, fear Him, and try to do things that honor and glorify Him. We need to be grateful for those that are like Obadiah. From this, we can gather that Obadiah was truly a man of God, much like Esther. We can see that Obadiah did what had to be done to save the Israelites or the Jewish people. Obadiah went to great lengths to secure and sustain the 100 prophets. We will come upon these prophets again later in 2 Kings, once the prophets of Baal and Asherah are taken care of. I don't want to give away the story. Come back next week. (laughs) But if you read the story, you know what happens. Next week is uh, fire and brimstone. It's going to be on. We can see where service, even in a corrupt kingdom or government, does not mean you have to sacrifice your convictions and beliefs. Obadiah and Esther are great examples of stepping up at the right times for the right reasons. Obadiah and Esther both. I preached through Esther one time with my students and I really enjoyed that. I called it from alone to the throne. because She was an orphan to begin with and she was taken in and then she became queen. I enjoyed preaching it. Sometime I may do that here. I don't know. But you know, we are not to grow weary in doing what is good. Because at the right time, Scripture tells we'll reap the harvest. Obadiah, he did not grow weary in doing what was good. He continued to do. He said, you know, this is hard. Feeding 50 people. In secret, bringing them bread to keep them alive. You know, and I don't know how long this tyrannical slaughter happened. We know that Elijah was in hiding for almost three years. So was it for three years that Obadiah fed a hundred people, 50 in each cave with bread and water? Man, how do you keep that under wraps in leadership in a kingdom? It's impressive. Let us not overlook the faithfulness of Obadiah. And, I, and, and just so I can say something here too a lot of times there's there's services in the church that a lot of times people don't see they don't see what how this how did this take place how did that take how did that happen? That's okay. you got people that are working behind the scenes that are getting things done. Just be grateful that there's people that are available and capable and and, and able to meet those needs and you may say I was that person at one time that's okay. That's okay. But someday, some way, you and I, every one of us, God will use us and he has a purpose for every single person in the church. It might not be that your service is directly in the church. Without calling any names, I can think of a a woman in our church that ministered to another lady for many years. I didn't know anything about it. That's okay, and you may not have either. When this lady passed away, I heard testimony of how this other lady ministered to her. Ongoing, week after week. Went and got her groceries and all this kind of stuff like that. I didn't know about that. Y'all probably didn't know about that. Some of you may have. And some of you may be doing that for somebody even right now. It ain't about personal glory. It's about God's glory. And I think that's what Obadiah saw. Obadiah saw that, listen, right now I might not be able to publicly glorify God like I really want to, but I can quietly serve God faithfully until I can again. Maybe that's you, and that's okay. I just want you to understand that everybody has a place to serve the Lord. Elijah was was a top-of-the-mountain kind of guy. And we'll also learn about a top-of-the-mountain kind of guy with Elijah in 2 Kings chapter 1. But he's a top-of-the-mountain kind of guy. You know, people see him. They knew him. Elijah the prophet. Matter of fact, just now when we read this, when, uh, in, in just a moment, we see where when Obadiah, when he was on his way there in verse 7, suddenly Elijah met him. He recognized him. Uh, Obadiah fell on his face and said, is that you, my lord Elijah? You know, sometimes there's people that, that, that have accomplished great things for the Lord, and you're like, wow, it's cool to get to see them face-to-face or meet them in person. But listen, you're meeting great, wonderful, amazing people every day when you walk through a church, because they're doing something for the Lord. And it doesn't have to be. You know what I mean? It. You know, there's, there's ministers and pastors I'd like to meet, and, and that'd be really cool. But listen, I've got to meet many of you who have served this church faithfully Year after year, decade after decade, some of you bumping, I mean, bumping up there for a while. Listen, serving the Lord faithfully. You know what I'm going to be, what I get to be rewarded with is the fact that I got to serve alongside you. And I got to love Jesus beside you and serve our congregation and our community beside you. I may never bump into an Elijah in my lifetime, but I'm bumping into Obadiah's every single Sunday. And I hope that you and I realize that we can't be an Obadiah. But it may be the God calls you to be Elijah. Carry tough messages, big messages to large groups. That might be you. But we see, we see this. We carry the message regardless of man's problems. And there was a presence of fear. You know, we do have fear at times. Obadiah, you know, he's like, man, I'm, I'm scared of these guys. Jezebel slaughtering all the prophets. And he's like, now you want me to die? You want me to put me up here to die? You crazy? The Spirit of the Lord going to, I'm, I'm going to walk off. It just sure as I walk. And then, and then Ahab's going to be like, liar. You ain't a liar. And Obadiah's like, that ain't in my character to lie. I, pro- I promise you, you know. Please don't hold it against me. I saw him. I saw him. And, 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 but, but the thing is, is this is the beauty of it. Elijah says, calm down. <laughs> you know, basically in our terms today, calm down. T- to remove your fear, I'm going to show myself to him today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show myself to him. It's going to be all right. You carry the message. Carry the message despite everything else that could hinder you from doing it. Carry the message. Because I'm going to carry the message. That God has given me, you carry the message that I'm giving you. We need to carry the message. And to affirm that fact, Obadiah, Elijah tells Obadiah, you can trust my word as sure as the Lord of hosts lives, I will not disappear. I will not, and I will present myself to him today. Carry the message regardless of man's problems. Carry that message. And then carry the message with integrity. Look there in verses 17 through 19 of chapter 18. Then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said to him, Is that you, O troubler of Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the Baals. Now, therefore, send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal, and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. I want to tell you, we need to carry the message with integrity. Obadiah, before I really get into the meat of that phrase, Obadiah went to Ahab, and Ahab came to Elijah. And Elijah had been through Cherith, Elijah had been through Cherith, and God cut away anything that may lead to pride or self-glorification. Elijah had been through Zarephath, and God smelted or burned away any root of self-capability and independence. So when Elijah came upon Ahab, he knows in whom he came. Elijah came in the word of the Lord and in the spirit of the Lord. Elijah could stand confidently and proclaim his comments without fear. For you and I to be able to speak to the sin or issues in another, I must first allow Christ to remove any, any plank or beam from my own eye before I begin speaking to the speck in someone else's eye. What was God doing with Elijah? I don't know how sinful Elijah was, but we all know that all have sin and fall short of the glory of God. But God is cutting away which that's what Cherith meant. He was cutting away from Elijah anything that would hinder him from being able to stand boldly before Ahab. And then he goes to Zarephath. Zarephath means to smelt away. They had a furnace, a, something, uh, a big factory there where they they smelted metals. And that's what Zarephath meant. And so when he went to Zarephath, he was burning away anything else that may uh, not allow Elijah to stand before Ahab in truth and in integrity. And so when he stood, when he stood before uh, Ahab, he could stand with integrity. He could carry that message with him. But what does Ahab do? Ahab thinks it's all of his fault. Ahab thinks it's all of Elijah's fault. And he says there, verse 17, that it happened when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said to him, is that you, O troubler of Israel? Is that you? Tr- it's your fault that a drought is here. You proclaimed it. No, 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 no. Elijah said, I proclaimed it, but you caused it. Just like this morning, the circumstances came upon in your Sunday school class, if you're in Explore the Bible. The circumstances came on the Israelites and on Jerusalem because of their sinning, their rebellion, because of their not obeying the commands of the Lord. That's the reason why they got dispersed and Jerusalem got destroyed. There's consequences to our sin. There's consequences to it. There was consequences to Ahab's sin. And the consequence to Ahab's sin was God brought a drought upon the land. And the only way that was going to be taken away was by the word of the Lord through the mouth of Elijah. Not through the authority of Elijah, not through the power of Elijah, but through the authority and power of God through the mouth of Elijah, through the obedience of Elijah. Now, this word troubler right here is occasionally used in Hebrew language. Now, obviously, it does mean troubler most of the time. But sometimes they use this word as viper or asp. Or snake. So basically, what Charles Swindoll says that uh, that Ahab says to Elijah upon appearing to him, he says, is that you, you old snake in the grass? Is that you? And and, and Elijah says, me? You you talking to me? (laughs) Let's talk about what you've done. The Lord's been over here cleansing me cutting me burning away from me not physically but but spiritually he's been doing all these things to me and you and you calling me out you're married to Jezebel <laughs> you're worshiping in a temple to Baal in Samaria pump the brakes slow down he says i have not troubled israel but you and your fathers have in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and have followed the Baals. Elijah flips it back on Ahab, and he reminds him of all the things that he had done. Elijah basically tells him, don't blame me for what happened. God God brought this drought of judgment because of people like you. You're the reason we haven't had rain. God has restrained the heavens because you have broken his commandments. You have forsaken him. You are worshiping idols. Elijah didn't back down one inch and he didn't have to back down why is that because he stood on the word of the lord and in the integrity of his character and when we have when we have that in our lives we can go confidently before anyone on this earth and proclaim the word of the lord we should have no fear of man when we've already stood in the presence of a god who created us The Bible tells us, do not fear the man who can take your life, but rather fear the man who can take your soul and your life and cast your soul into hell. So if I can stand before God confidently, there ain't no man that I should be afraid to stand in the presence of. Nobody. And that's where Elijah was. And then Elijah challenges the prophets of Baal and Asherah to an altar call, basically. And from this integrity, Elijah sets the stage for one of the biggest showdowns in recorded history, or at least recorded Jewish history. We'll get there next week. We'll get there next week. So in conclusion, for you and and I, we need to live as Obadiah, faithful even in the shadow of corruption and tyranny. We have lots of freedoms as of now. We have lots of freedoms as of now. But we must not take those for granted and still be about the work of the Lord. We don't need to take our freedoms for granted, but we need to still be about the work of the Lord. Continue being faithful. Continue to carry the message. Just as Obadiah hid the prophets and fed them, we too should continue in the work of the Lord no matter our circumstances. For you and I, we also need to live as Elijah. Leaving when the Lord says leave, or better said, going when the Lord says go. We may want to stay longer than we should, But when the Lord says go, we are to go. The Lord will provide us the strength and courage through God's work in us so we may do as God calls us to do. Sometimes we need to be like Obadiah. Sometimes we need to be like Elijah. We must carry the message without hesitation, regardless of man's problems. And we need to carry that message with integrity.